Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, Lieutenant Colonel Bob McGinnis concludes his look at China's ambitious plan to eliminate America and impose a communist world order. A little later, we'll have a Bible in the News report with Marvin McIlvaney, where he'll share details on the spread and influence of Satan clubs in schools across America. As you and your family prepare for Thanksgiving and Christmas, remember to check out all of the Bible-based and Christ-centered gifts that are available on our website, swrc.com. With over 1,000 items, you can do your Christmas shopping and at the same time support Watchmen on the Wall. We have gifts from Jerusalem, Christmas-themed movies, and a huge selection of books and DVDs swrc.com. Shop for friends and family and support the ministry and outreach of Watchmen on the Wall. swrc.com. Yesterday, Lieutenant Colonel Bob McGinnis began laying out what he believes are China's plans to eliminate America and impose a communist world order. He's back to continue sharing his insight and details on this threat to the globe and what America must do to stop it. We are back with Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis, author of the new book, Kings of the East. Now, friends, this is a 378-page book with more than 1,000 endnotes. This is an impressive work that Lieutenant Colonel McGinnis has done. Bob McGinnis is a graduate from the U.S. Military Academy, the Naval Postgraduate School. He is an Airborne Ranger Infantry Officer with service in four infantry divisions on three continents. He is the author of nearly 1,000 articles and eight published books. So it's a great, great privilege to have him on. And we're going to continue talking to Bob McGinnis about his latest book, Kings of the East. Bob, thank you so much for being back with us on the show. Well, thanks for having me. Well, Bob, I've often wondered if the struggle to regain Taiwan is perhaps a smokescreen to cover up internal problems and an attempt to rally the people behind President Xi. You know, some nations... In order to survive or grow, they need to rally the people by having a common enemy, like, quote, rebellious Taiwan. Tell us about why all the desire to get Taiwan back under the uh, communist fold. There is sort of wag the dog sort of (laughs) scenario here, there's no doubt, much like what Putin is doing in Ukraine. But keep in mind, Taiwan became a province at the end of the 19th century of China, and then it was taken over by the Japanese and 1895-96, and the Japanese used that as a jumping-off point to invade in 1937 the mainland and then, of course, occupy China until 1945 when they lost the war. Now, in between, from 26 all the way up to 1949, there was an off-and-on civil war between the Kuomintang, Chiang Kai-shek, and, of course, the Chinese communists. Mao Zedong, of course, was you know, a major player in that from the beginning of the Communist Chinese Party. He was the leader, taking them to the Northwest. And then, of course, he led in the battles uh, up until some of the more bloody ones in 1948 and at the end, 1949. So Chiang Kai-shek in 49, uh, with his tail and his army you know, tucked under him, retreated to Taiwan, where they established martial law. And, of course, the rest of the story is they became a free republic, arguably, and today the communist Chinese are not happy that Taiwan broke 
away mm -hmm. from the mainland. They want to bring it back to the fold. We've already seen evidence of how they'll do that. Certainly what they did with Hong Kong mm -hmm. is terrible, but that's exactly what they want to do is to take Taiwan back without using force, but they're not opposed to using force if it becomes necessary. And that's why over the last couple of months we've seen a major increase in Chinese communist fighters and submarines and yes. you know, amphibious vehicles and missiles and all the like going after and threatening the Taiwanese. Mm, right. What's your estimation of the president of Taiwan? She seems to be a pretty tough lady. I think she has the support of about 80 or 85 percent of the Taiwanese. Tell us about a little bit about her. Yeah, she's a very tough lady, and of hmm. course she's building up their military. Uh, they have issues. They don't have enough fighter pilots. They don't have sufficient defenses. They're buying all sorts of ballistic missiles and so forth from the United States. Unfortunately, we've been a bit slow at delivering. Priorities have been what they are. But they have, I think, the resilience and understand the consequences of caving to the Beijing communists. Right. Keep in mind, China, even though it has 1.4 billion people plus, the Chinese Communist Party is only 95 million. Though they're sprinkled across the entire country and the economy and everything, but they have a lot of control. And the Taiwanese don't want that for right. themselves in the future. And, and they've built a lot of alliances. However, the Chinese communists have done everything they can to cut them off from the rest of the world. And right. the litany of what they've done is long and not too nice. I have a clipping here. Elon Musk praised by China for suggesting communists should exert control in Taiwan. And that seems to me to be outrageous. But Elon Musk has his opinion. Of course, his opinion is worth millions of dollars. But why would he be praising China and suggesting that People's Republic of China should control Taiwan? What's going on there? Well, I can only guess, and it's what I call elite capture. The Chinese are very good at manipulating American businessmen, American mm. politicians. Right. They basically buy them out through a variety of mechanisms, right. you know, most everyone has heard about the Hunter Biden issues. Elon Musk, of course, how does he make Tesla? Hmm. His cars, uh, electric cars. He has to depend upon Chinese products, especially lithium and the like where it's hmm. processed. And so it may be that indirectly, much like the Chinese control Hollywood, they control a lot of our media in this country, they have significant influences in our universities, and obviously here in Washington, D.C., through a variety of overt and covert activities, they exert influence. And this is how they're you know, arguably taking over the world. And we need to be cognizant of it. And as far as Elon Musk, I don't have the details, but I can only guess that some of this right. applies to him as well. We have a church and a Christian school in Pakistan. I've had the privilege of starting the church and the school and been there several times. I think Pakistan is part of the BRI, the Belt and Road Initiative. In fact, when we were on a toll road, the people collecting the toll were Chinese. They were not Pakistani. And where they were building additions to the toll road, beautiful road, I mean, very, you know, like in America, 
they were all Chinese workmen and people with bulldozers and so forth. So tell us a little bit about the Belt and Road Initiative. I think it's a somehow it's a massive infrastructure investment project, and it reaches Europe, Asia, Africa, the Middle East. I think it's involved in a network of rail, sea, and road linkages. As I look at this, it's massive. It's unbelievable. Oh, it is. It's enormous. At least 140 nations, hundreds of billions of dollars are invested. Basically what the Chinese do, they go into distressed countries that need infrastructure. They give them the loans. Mm. Most Western nations would never loan because they're not likely to pay back. Then they bring in predominantly Chinese workers, Chinese products to actually deliver the infrastructure. And when those countries cannot deliver, China moves in and renegotiates the deal and basically begins to take over sovereign riches and also leverage over the entire population. We've seen this in the eastern Africa, western Africa, the underbelly of Europe and Greece and Bulgaria. We've seen it all over South America. I argue that much of South America has a significant Chinese influence. Even the Panama Canal, the Suez Canal, and other places controlled. You mentioned Pakistan. Pakistan has a major port that was put together by the Chinese. Of course, that port could be used for military operations as well, even though it was sold to the Pakistanis at a high price. President Trump wasn't perfect by any means. (laughs) I would be the first one to admit that. But I think one of his strengths was he realized the danger that China poses. He was closing the Confucius Institutes, went into the embassy, I think, in Houston. And it was really amazing how, pardon the expression, I think our leadership is really ignorant of the danger that China poses. But it's so obvious. It's like a cancer. It's spreading around the world. And it seems like so many of the Democrats are just sitting back and they want their woke ideology for the military, and as long as they can get the taxpayers to pay for transgender surgery and puberty blockers, everything is okay. So, boy, I think we need to wake up about Red China. Well, we certainly do, and it's past time. You mentioned the Confucius Institutes. Of course, President Trump went after those, but they just morphed into something else to control the academic institutions. Certainly, we've seen what's happened within our media. I mentioned Hollywood earlier. Mm. The Chinese influence is pervasive. It is followed by lots of money. It buys off the elite. It buys off institutions. It steals us blind hundreds of billions of dollars worth of intellectual property every year. They steal our secrets. They go into these academic institutions. They lard them with money, and they put their own, basically, spies in there. They call them students. They call them faculty. They call them other things. This is well-planned, well-executed. It's pretty well-known. All you have to do is read their media, read our own media, and look at some of the investigations that the likes of the FBI has done and the warnings that the CIA puts out. You know, we should not be naive about this. They, indeed, want to take over the world. This may not be what Richard Nixon anticipated when he went to (laughs) Beijing, Peking at the time in 72, and what Kissinger promised would become a future China. We embrace myths about China. China does not want to become just another nation. It wants to become the nation. It wants to control the world, especially under President Xi, who is a Marxist-Leninist and has no bones about telling people what his ambitions are. 
We are visiting with Lieutenant Colonel Robert L. McGinnis. We're speaking about his latest book, Kings of the East, China's Plan to Eliminate America and Impose a Communist World Order. We do have copies of the book. It is available through Southwest Radio Church. It is just something that you need to have in your hands. Now, Let's talk a little bit about economic espionage. You cite some unbelievable figures, and I'm quoting from page 89. You say that Chinese firms are charged in one-third of all U.S. federal cases involving the Economic Espionage Act. You say FBI Director Christopher Wray said the FBI opens a new China-related counterintelligence case on the average of every 10 hours and nearly half of the FBI's 5,000 active cases are connected to China. So they're really stealing our intellectual property? I mean, stealing scientific, medical technology, new products, and are we just sitting by and letting it happen? Well, to a certain degree, that's true. The Chinese, as I indicate in here with a lot of facts and figures, have just robbed us blind uh, because we've turned a blind eye, not only in the academic arena, but in the business world. President Xi has a number of programs that recruit Westerners, Mm -hmm. and they basically buy them off with big bucks, and they say, you know, we want you to come and work for us. The Thousand Talent Program is one of those, and they go all over the world scarfing up kind of the minds, the important people in a lot of manufacturers, and they bring them to China, and they're Part of the quid pro quo is you've got to tell us the secrets of the company you came from. And that has to fuel the development of our industrial might because, after all, President Xi has every intention of making China the industrial leader of the world in the next couple of decades. It's not there yet, but that's how he's doing that. If he can't invent it, he'll steal it or he'll bring people in that can help him do it. And they're incredibly ambitious about this. Of course, you know, they have an entire literal army of cyber hackers, right. people that will infiltrate all sorts of networks. And you know, I still work with the Pentagon, and I tell you, right. they are incredibly aggressive. They are very bright, right. very capable, and it keeps us totally on our toes, and sometimes we fall flat trying to defend our property, our intellectual property, from being stolen by the likes of the Chinese. President Xi, of course, is a Maoist, and Xi is also an atheist, and yet he talks about a, quote, spiritual civilization. Uh, He says that's his vision for China in the future. So what does Xi mean by a spiritual civilization? Well, it's certainly not something what (laughs) we Christians would believe in, Larry. It's about the idea, and it comes down to his whole idea of rejuvenation. In other words, making a new China. And that new China, they won't have religion, they won't have faith in anything other than the leader, Qi, and in the government. They breathe, they think everything about how to prosper within the context of the communist regime that has been created. It's really a worship of the leadership. It's the icon, and it's interesting, years ago, when I was in China on the, during the Cultural Revolution, I got my English copy of quotations from Chairman Mao, right. you know, 300 and something pages and so forth. Well, there is a new version of thoughts of Chairman Chi, and it's mandated in schools. So you have to spend time every day to be a good communist and a good Chinese person. You have to study what Chairman Chi has 
said and his thoughts. Right. So that's part of the ideological movement. And that's sort of a spiritual movement from his context. After all, he's very much against Christians. That's right. why he's all about tearing down crosses, churches, and persecuting Christian missionaries. In spite of that, the Christian church is expanding. I suppose as the persecution right. goes up, the faith in the Lord Jesus increases mm. at the same time. It's absolutely amazing. The Chinese are very, as you pointed out, intelligent, hardworking. If revival comes to China, can you imagine one billion four hundred million people? <laughs> they will run Xi out of the house. But I've got a copy of a synthesized Bible. They want to improve the Bible. Can you imagine? They want to make oh, it compatible yeah. with Chinese culture. And I've read the section about the woman caught in adultery. Guess who throws the first stone? Jesus yeah, Christ. Jesus, right? <laughs> he throws the first stone. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's the Chinese version of, <laughs> of, of biblical scripture. So, yes. Yes. That's, that's what happens. Yeah, because they can't stand the real Jesus, just, just well, like in Pakistan. When, when I went there the first time and uh, spoke about Jesus praying from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Wow, they, were, they started weeping. Because if it had been Muhammad, he would have called fire from heaven. So it's absolutely shocking what they do to the Bible. But, Bob, I've often wondered, what, if any, is the connection between China and North Korea? Is Kim Jong-un just a useful idiot? Or, in fact, I understand uh, about two years ago when they set off their first atomic bomb, China was very concerned because North Korea is very small, and you set off an underground nuclear device that could have <laughs> affect the weather and the water system and so forth. So what is the connection? Is it just because, well, they can use North Korea against America, or is there some deeper connection? When World War II ended, everything was divided up, and North Korea and South Korea, one aligned itself with the the Soviet Union and the other aligned itself with the United States. China, of course, being a communist regime at the time, certainly about 49, befriended North Korea. They had occupied, of course, the Chinese in a previous empire had occupied most of Korea. Interestingly, years ago when I lived in Korea, I actually got some Chinese coins that dated back hundreds and hundreds of years, if not thousands. But the Kim Jong-un, keep in mind, in 1950, the Chinese sent hundreds of thousands of their warriors to help the North Koreans fight the South. Right. They lost a lot of blood there. And ever since, the North Koreans have been surrogates of the government in Peking, now Beijing. And anything that happens under young Kim Jong-un has to be approved via surrogates that are representing the interests of China. They couldn't survive without the imports of coming right. from China, right. energy and the like. And so the missiles, the nuclear weapons and so forth are all part and proxy of an indirect fight that China is using its proxy, North Korea, to intimidate the Japanese, which right. the Chinese hate, given their history. Certainly the South Koreans, which are really represented by the Americans, and so forth. It's not surprising whatever Beijing says, whatever Xi says, they'll do. Right. Well, Bob, you're a great guest as always. Thank you so much for being on the show with us once again. Well, thanks for having me. Yes, friends, China is much in the news. Kings of the East is a book that will give you much needed insight. 
Kings of the East. China's plan to eliminate America and impose a communist world order is the brand new book by Lieutenant Colonel Bob McGinnis. Order Kings of the East by Lieutenant Colonel Bob McGinnis today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order this outstanding book on our website, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Satan clubs. They're being started in schools all across America. What effect are these clubs having on our children? Here's Marvin McIlvaney with all the details in today's Bible in the News report. Before I begin, I would like to ask our listeners to listen to this quote and decide if you agree with it or not. Quote, the state must declare the child to be the most precious treasure of the people. As long as the government is perceived as working for the benefit of the children, the people will happily endure almost any curtailment of liberty and almost any deprivation, close quote. Do you agree with that? The state must declare the child to be the most precious treasure of the people? That was said by none other than Adolf Hitler, the closest thing to a type of the Antichrist we've seen. I will spare you the details of how millions of German youth were won over to National Socialism in the classroom and through extracurricular activities, and how after 1933, the National Socialist regime purged the public school system of teachers deemed to be, quote, politically unreliable, close quote. Well, let's forget all that. Let's look at how our government is working for the benefit of the children. This report is from Warren County, Ohio. Lebanon City Schools is asking the public not to gather or protest as the after-school Satan Club meets for the first time in one of the district's buildings. A chapter of the Satanic Temple's after-school Satan Club will hold weekly meetings in the cafeteria at Donovan Elementary School for about an hour after classes end. It has prompted concerns from parents and religious leaders and drawn national attention. Last week, school officials released a statement to families that says, in part, the club is not a district or school-sponsored event. Lebanon City Schools do not endorse the activities or the intent of this group or any other religiously affiliated groups offering after-school activities. Here's some of what the parents had to say about this so-called club. There's a lot of evil already in this world, so us just allowing it to come into our schools and our community is not okay. Satan is a liar, and Satan will show himself as light when in fact he is not light. Everybody knows of him as being evil. I mean, really? There's so many things that are just crazy right now. Satanic Temple co-founder Lucian Greaves had this to say. We believe that Satan is a great metaphor for rebellion against tyranny and is the embodiment of a lot of the values that we espouse. So they teach that God is a tyrant? Recently, the Northern Elementary School in York, Pennsylvania, put to a vote the introduction of an after-school Satan club. The Satanic Club was shot down with an 8-to-1 vote against it. Donovan Elementary will be the site of the country's second after-school Satan club. Monthly meetings start next week and are open to children grades 1 through 5. Activity on social media is making it clear 
A lot of people don't want the club there. Superintendent Isaac Seaver is sending a letter to parents after approving the club's request to rent space at the school. Seavers is emphasizing the school district does not endorse the group or any other religiously affiliated groups, explaining that public schools must allow all religious groups or none at all. In a related story about how schools are benefiting children, several brave members of a high school volleyball team in Vermont have taken a stand against a trans teammate sharing their locker room, and now they may be under investigation for possible harassment. They allege that the trans teammate made an inappropriate comment in the locker room while they were changing, and now they feel uncomfortable. Blake Allen told a local reporter that she and her fellow teammates did not object to having a trans teammate, but that they did want to have a space where they can change with only other biological females. Here's what some of the girls had to say. A male was in our locker room when volleyball girls were trying to get changed. After I asked him to leave, he didn't, and later looked over at girls with their shirts off, and it made many people uncomfortable and feel violated. I left as soon as I could in a panic. A lot of the girls were changing in their sports bras and stuff. A lot of us stated, like, can you please get out? In a locker room, it's made specifically for girls, and so having a male with a penis in there, it just felt wrong. Some of the girls and their parents then contacted the school about their concerns, but were met with resistance. The school defended the status quo, explaining that state law permits trans students to use the bathroom and locker room that corresponds with their perceived gender identity. When I tried to talk to them, they just shut me down and said it was a law, there was nothing they could do, and that I should go somewhere else if I feel uncomfortable. He had the right to go in, but like once we said we were uncomfortable, he should have just left. Like It should have been that simple. I don't want other girls to have to feel uncomfortable about it. I think everyone should be able to just get changed in a locker room that they were born as. Like If you were born a girl, you can go in the girls' locker room, get out when you're done, and it just it's, it should be simple, and it's not anymore. The ironic part of this is not only are the girls not being listened to, but they face punishment for their stance. The school didn't care much to listen to our concerns. And then when we did say something, the person, he would file complaints of harassment because I looked at him wrong and file complaints against a lot of people. I have harassment, harassment, and bullying charges. You add this to the drag queen story hour and the internet, now, with almost every child having a cell phone, it's almost impossible to guarantee your child will not be exposed to a certain extent. The culture is at war with parents for the hearts and minds of their children. Wilma Mankiller said, Whoever controls the education of our children controls the future. Take a good long look at our schools and try not to worry. Make sure you order a copy of Kings of the East by Lieutenant Colonel Bob McGinnis. This book will let you know what China's plans are for the world and what the U.S. and its Western partners must do to sideline Beijing's radical New World Order ambition. Call 1-800-652-1144 and order Kings of the East today. 1-800-652-1144. You can also order online swrc.com. Another great resource, the book The Military Guide to Disarming Deception is also available when you call 1-800-652-1144. 
Don't miss a moment of Watchmen on the Wall. Download our SWRC mobile app or subscribe to our daily Watchmen on the Wall podcast. Head into the weekend, my friends, with the encouragement that God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. Watchmen on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.